We're back for another episode of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. You've got me and Mari here. I'm joined by Kibbs and Toast. Uh, today Afternoon. we're gonna we're gonna reflect on the uh, on the performance away at Man City. Um, no surprises there. I don't think even the boys looking at their screen right now they're not very happy. So we're going to get into that. We're going to have a big debate in part two. We'll talk about Toes' favourite player, Granit Xhaka, and, and and how he is kind of symbolic of the issues at, at Arsenal at the moment. And then in part three, we'll look ahead to the end of the transfer window. We'll have high, for, high five and throw a pie as well. Uh, but to start us off, we're going to have week two of who's it going to be. Those of you that don't know, I've got three clues for you all. Um, this will refer to an Arsenal player who was formerly in the squad in the Premier League era. Uh, the guys will have until the end of the episode to guess the player. Uh, and you guys that are listening should play along as well. So three clues for this player, guys. Who's it going to be? Right. Uh, this player scored the last time we beat Man City away in the league, which was a long time ago. Oh, no, that's already... Uh, in his time at Arsenal, he played with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Branit Xhaka and Jack Wilshere. And he could be most recently found playing in Qatar. So those are your three clues. We'll repeat them again in Ooh. part three. Um, but yeah. Can we'll I guess now? Can I, can I say it now? I can't say You can't now. guess now. You I can't know. Okay. Well, if you know, you can tell the listeners in part three. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to yeah. get into the main pod right now, starting with that Man City game. Okay. Uh... So, guys, you know, Wednesday night, we're away at West Brom, League Cup. We give them a 6-0 beating. You've got Aubameyang scoring hat-tricks, Pepe doing all sorts. Lacazette comes on, scores. Saka's looking back to his best. Odegaard's doing all the flicks and tricks. Did that give you any confidence, Kibbs, ahead of the game at the Etihad on Saturday afternoon? I just, I just thought we might score a goal. But I wasn't fully, I wasn't expecting us to come away with anything. But I was, I was really liking how Orba was playing on the shoulder of the last defender. So yeah, you know, he may, he may have a sniff at goal, he may have a chance. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't, wasn't really expecting much in the City game. But I probably wasn't expecting us to lose it in that fashion. Um, we were playing West Brom, so yeah. So, I mean, Toes, I know, I know how you feel about that 12.30 uh, p.m. kickoff on a Saturday afternoon. But you know who does like that kickoff? Any team that's playing Arsenal. <laughs> it was sunny in Manchester. It looked beautiful. Um, are you sad that you went there? Uh, I, I'm, I, I've said it for a long time. That kickoff time is the deathbed of Arsenal squads uh, of, of late. We we just can't we just can't operate at that time in the morning for some reason, <laughs> and um, and the usual things that were going to happen something something inevitable or the inevitable things were we were going to lose because it was that kickoff and we were going to concede a goal under ten minutes and it all comes to pass uh, it all came to pass um, yeah just a really really sad moment for the club a really sad moment for the club in terms of confidence going into the game just quickly uh no i, I knew we were going to get beat i think we all knew we were going to get beat i think it was just the manner uh, in which we were going to get beat with what we were hoping that we wouldn't we would see some sort of performance 
you know, I was thinking 3-0 or 4-0, but, you know, Man and, City went up a notch. And Maya had maybe a goal after... That's that's what I was really thinking. We might notch a goal. Yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy, right? Um, before we get into it too deep, I just want to run through the lineup quickly. Um, so a week late, Arteta reverts to the three at the back. Uh, we have Leno in goal, um, a back three of Chambers, Holding, and Kalasanak. I always get a bit worried when Chambers and Holding are playing near each other like that. It reminds me of that game against Liverpool in 2016 or whenever it was when Mane had a field day um but yeah then we had Cedric at right wing back Tierney at the left wing back um I think Erdegaard and Xhaka as the sitting midfielders uh behind Saka and Smith-Rowe who were supporting Aubameyang up top um Kibbs dare I ask what you thought of that lineup alarm bells alarm Alarm bells! That back line is, you you know how I feel about, if not four of those or five five four of the five, of there's just so many question marks. Um, especially as you said, a Chambers and Rob Holding, and you're sticking Kolasinac in there. Like, when's the last time he's played? Like, some you would have thought that you've been gone from the club. I'm not too sure how he's made an appearance in front of other other people. Um. So I was quite surprised about that, to be honest. I thought you'd show some faith, perhaps. Yeah. You know, start with Tavares, put Tierney as a left centre back. I don't know. Maybe not put Suarez in that. <laughs> like Mary, Mary, like I know Mary's yeah. been having a bad time, but that's that's too extreme. That's the big one for me. Like Toes, what do you think that says for Mari and his Arsenal career? That Kalasinak comes in. I I, I think I think it just shows um, what Mikel Arteta, that he, he's just confused about his squad. Um, Pablo Mari's, I don't think that's terminal in his career. I think uh, Arteta probably wanted to just, you know, he, had, he got, Mari got so much criticism uh, against um, Lukaku that he probably just wanted, he didn't want him to face that sort of like criticism if we had a, a heavy beating. But it was uh, it's stupid not to put him in. Uh, because that's actually the formation that would suit him. And that's the formation we were crying out for him to have been against Chelsea. So why not do it this week? And why not play, you know, if you're going to, why not have, you know, him there and then Chambers and holding alongside him? But why Kolasinac instead of him? That just does not make sense. I don't think it's terminal for Mari's career. Um, For us, in our eyes, He's not up to the standard, but in the manager's eye, I don't think it's quite terminal. But listen, yeah, I think it's. I agree with you. Arteta tends to do this, right? Like he'll bring players back in. He'll, yeah, he'll he'll bring Mari back in, Mari back in. But don't chase one for you. Don't you think? Would you would you start Cedric there? Would, would you perhaps push? Chambers out to the right. It's for a start. It's a mental. It's a mental defense that he put there. (laughs) Why is Ainsley Maitland-Niles not getting uh, ahead of Cedric uh, as the right back? He's there, but he's there. I feel like there's something a bit more behind that because even when Maitland-Niles came on, it wasn't to play right wing. But I feel like there's been some kind of agreement that. 
that's not where he plays anymore. Yeah, uh, that's what enough. it seems like to me. Fair, uh, you're completely right. I think, you know, Maitland-Niles has probably come back to the club and said, look, I don't want to play there. But the manager has got to be the manager and say, look, this is you are the best person in that position. Maitland-Niles played in that position, albeit on the left-hand side, uh, against Man City in that semi-final. And he did a great, he did a great job. He played there in the final. He did a great job. We've all been saying like we wish him to be the one challenging Bellerin for that kind of spot. Why he's not playing there instead of Cedric? Cedric should nowhere have been there at all. You can then put, or you can, I don't know, or you can put Tavares on that side if you really want to. But either way, Cedric should not be coming anywhere near this squad, uh, and Kalasnat shouldn't have been there. So it's an absolute mental, mental uh, defensive lineup that Arteta's put out there. And he, he, the brunt, you know, the brunt starts, stops with him, really, it does. Um, people talk a lot about the back three, but what was um, your thoughts on Erdegaard and Xhaka essentially being our, our own two in midfield up against players like Rodri, Bernardo Silva, um, Grealish drifting in? Kibbs, let me just go on this one first, right? I mean, again... What Arteta, he just does not have a clear idea. And, you know, I don't know what he's thinking with a player like Granit Xhaka to play alongside him, someone who's not defensively minded like Odegaard, right? Um, it should have been Elneny in there or Lakonga, you know. It should have been just somewhere in there to give us a bit more security. It's, again, another mental decision from the manager. If Yeah, if I can just... um. Yeah, it's just to that point. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit mental looking there, and and as well as that, it, it, you almost think that he thinks that we're going to retain possession, keep hold of the like with those kind of four there, you get the feeling that he thinks, okay, if we can try and hold onto the ball, slip or Bamyang where we can, is it? It's almost like he's playing as if we're a team that can take control. And dominate other teams' possession with this like kind of passive football, it just makes no bloody sense. All th- three games, maybe apart from the Brentford, we've been under the cosh in terms of possession as well. We've been barely being able to handle the ball. So what makes him think that's going to be any different? And especially against City. Yeah, it looked to me like he wanted to. Go man for man, almost like Leeds, Leeds have been doing. It looked like, um, and I must say, for the first five minutes, which is not even ten percent of the match, but for the first five minutes, it was interesting because it looked like it was a bit confusing for City. But then, what happened in minute minute six and seven? Uh, <laughs> Do <you> yeah, <laughs> I mean. Pretty innocuous attack down the right hand side. Uh, feel like uh, Jesus picks up the ball, he drops it off to Silva, he drops it back to him, and Gabriel Jesus digs out a, a looping cross to the back stick um, over our three centre halves who are all six foot plus for Ilkiai Gundawan to nod into the back of the net. Um, so this has to come to you because how, how, you're you're the you're the king of early goal. <laughs> early goal rage so so talk to me about it what do you think <laughs> it was just like you know as usual right i was just there thinking to myself 
it's okay. It's okay. Two minutes is gone. We haven't conceded. It's okay. It's okay. Three minutes. We haven't conceded. And then I was just thinking, oh, okay, this might not be so bad. And then uh, on the stroke of, uh, you know, a bit like, oh, well, a bit too, a bit too early uh, for saying that, then we concede. And you see Chambers, how he's getting beaten by Gundogan, uh, who's five foot eight, because Amari, you pointed out, you know, the heights of the other, of our other defenders. It's very bad from Callum Chambers. That should be his bread and butter um, as a defender and that style of defender he is. And for him to to miss that and, you know, Gundogan to put us one nil, put them 1-0 up in the sixth minute, the game is done then because it's City. Because now we have to come out and do something and City are just going to pick us off. And they didn't need to do anything special to get that second goal, which we'll come to in a bit. But again, it just shows this team... And this team's ability to capitulate against Man City. What, uh, you know, why Arteta just doesn't get into these guys and say, you cannot concede in the first 20 minutes of this game or do all you can not to concede. That was just too, too poor. Too poor, too much of a simple goal. You know, that the easiest goal Man City will score this yeah. season. Yeah, I, I think I'll also point... Uh, to our capitulation or and conceding early goals were also like first shots on target. Mm. It's the same old, it's the same old really. Um what chambers standing there like a statue, like watching the ball go over his head. It's to be fair to Leno, he he, he really tried, he got a strong hand on it apart. Two things there. Six yard <laughs> box. Six yard box. Um, does our goalkeeper want to have any presence in that in that area for a looping cross? And then secondly, Chambers, you know, sometimes you'll say, oh, he doesn't even know where the, you know, the, the attacker is. Chambers checks about six or seven times. He puts his eyes on it in the one, checks him, checks him, checks him. And, and he still somehow doesn't either keep with the man or misses the flight of the ball. So I, it was just really poor. Yeah. Uh, let, yeah. We Let me just point out something in terms of that City game. I know we had the man sent off, not to go fast forward, but if you could, so possession is 81% compared to like 19 for one. Um, but in terms of crosses, I think they had like 28 crosses that game. City, like they just know, as, as you said, consider like, like our players at the back, not small. Well, some of them, Cedric is, and he said, yeah, but Tierney's not not that small. Teams are targeting us because we know we don't we don't focus. Mm. It's a lack of focus and concentration. Yeah, there's always. I think for all the goals you could watch them all. There's bodies in the box, but they're just not doing anything. All over the place, brother. Are you going to take us through that second goal, Amari? Yeah, I think that kind of leads straight on to it because I think. From the first goal coming in, um, however bright our start was, that just disappeared uh, and we looked scared. We almost dropped away. Um, and and that was kind of shown in this free kick, this set play where City just passed the ball maybe three or four times um, outside the box. And then eventually we're like, OK, no one's pressing us. Let's just toss it in there. Cedric goes with his head and his thigh and his arm doesn't get it with any of them. Uh, Chambers is on the floor holding his face. Uh, 
dribbles through to Torres and and two 0 Twelve minutes uh, in, and and we know the game's over then. I I I think that um that goal. All right, however terrible it is, this is the only goal that I probably think that we were a bit unlucky with in terms of the defense. It's shocking, obviously, the defending rather than shocking, but. I think that I don't know how that's not called back for the 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 hit on Callum Chambers. I'm going to go as strong as saying it's a punch because it clearly is, right? And I know all the match of the day pundits are saying, well, no, it's a, it's kind of like trying to say it's a man's game that happens or whatever. But it, it's properly the case that Laporte has has gone and pushed out against his face and has a closed fist to his chin. I think that's a foul. I'm really shocked that it wasn't called back. Doesn't excuse our defending uh, again because you know the defending was shocking and again the lack of concentration. But you know yeah. that's the only goal I think that you know you look and you just say, well, I think we we're a bit unlucky in that sense. Can, that's what can, I think on that can, one. Can I just say something? Even if Chambers was there, if you actually look, there was there was like two, one in front and two and another person behind him. And funnily enough, it. Why I know it's a free kick, a short free kick, but that said, where there was the most amount of danger and the most amount of players for City was where Cedric was supposed to be. It just points to me a lack of organ, like a lack of organization. Yeah, if they I, press up when that free kick's taken, there's no, there's actually probably not going to be an issue because City would just have to chuck, chuck it in the box. But they let the shot happen. Nothing ball really. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was been clear poor, first time. Yeah, it was a poor ball. Really poor delivery. Um, but yeah, on the I, I think there's a narrative about Arsenal in terms of, I mean, we'll go on to the sending off in a moment, but things happen, things happen to Arsenal that I think officials just think it's, it's you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not a foul because, it, you know, be stronger. There's that whole narrative about us being weak. Do you know what I mean? So Callum James hits the deck and rolls around, holding his face. And, you know, rather than looking at the punch, you're looking at the kind of his reaction. Because, yes, he could have kind of stuck with the, the attacker. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't see how that's not a foul. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very shocked the pundits were all like, no, nah, it's not a foul. You know, he's, he's just, as a centre-back, he's got to take it. No, that was, that was a punch in the chin. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, you, you, what's the referee's name again? Martin? Is it Martin Atkinson? Uh, he had a terrible game. But anyway, I don't want to. Anyway, so, but, but he was watching. He was right in front of that, by the way. Like he's he yeah. in his eye, eye, eye line, eyesight. So you just have to wonder what he saw, or what he didn't see, or if it's if it's truly that that bias. Yeah, but you know, there's always there's only you know one thing you can rely on referees to do when they're refereeing an Arsenal game. And that is to identify the one thing that could be a red card that Granit Xhaka has done or that David Luiz would have done in the past and make sure that he gets a red card. <laughs> and um, it's a nothing tackle in the middle of the park in terms of no one's really going anywhere. Um, but we know how Xhaka likes to show his hard man nature. Yeah. Um, what, did you, what did you think, Gibbs? Red card for you? Yeah. Yeah, it's two feet. Like, yeah, they're both feet up. Like, lunged in. 
watching Xhaka and how he tackles, that's just how he does it. He's just disorganised, doesn't think about it. He, he thinks he's he thinks he's going to go win the ball. Instead, he's just taking chops out of someone's like chops out of someone's like leg. Like he just needs to. There's no need to go down like that anyway. Especially as coming back into the centre as well. There's going to be like cover. Yeah, it's just it's typical Shaka there, really. He, he can. The, funnily enough, when he when he does things like that, he protests immediately. He looks at the player. He knows he knows it's bad, but he looks at the player thinking like you're making a meal out of this. Mate, mm. just just do better. Just when things are going against you, why why do you need to be so rash? Yeah. Just just leave your. So he he leaves his teammates there. Yeah, he, that basically killed us off. I'm not too sure if we would yeah. have conceded the five. We didn't get set up, but it, once he's did, it could have been even worse than the five. You know. Yeah, I think it's funny. We'd actually gone 23 minutes there, like conceding in that period. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You could almost say he'd stabilised, uh, but City did look a bit sloppy. Edison was, you know, his kicking wasn't quite right. He's coming up the pitch and and not really finding the options. There was something, I don't think they were really clicking, but then once the red card happens, we all know what the rest of that, that match is, is going to be like. Uh, and, so, and, I mean, yeah. we'll get more from you on, 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 on Xhaka probably in the, in the next part, but... Did you think he was unlucky at all in, in that in that instance, or no? Complete, completely deserved. Jacka, I think in, in earlier he had done a challenge, which I think I saw. I'm sure I saw a challenge where I thought to myself, mm, "Granite, you've got to watch yourself." Uh, and yeah, the referee didn't spare him. He he totally deserved what he got. And like Amari, like uh, sorry, like Kibbs just said, he's uh, he's he's killed the game for us. And the amount of times that this player has done that um, in his career. At Arsenal, and you know he's trying to justify some sort of hard man image, like you know trying to justify something to the fans that at least he's doing something uh, about it, and he's just leaving us exposed. And he's he's the he's the king of capitulations. He is. Uh, he just he lost his head, like Alan Shearer said. He just didn't fancy the match. He just wanted to try and do something, get himself sent off, and that's what he's done. He's left us in the lurch again. But that will we'll come to that later on. Well, I don't want to go too much on it, granite in this part now. Can I can I just not in defence him? Yeah, but I think that's a step too far. I honestly think that guy's like Paul Scholes. He just does not know how to tackle. He he does this all the time. But I, I think in defence of Paul Scholes, Paul Scholes, even though we say <laughs> that he should know better because he's play, he's a professional footballer. Yeah. Paul Scholes' head is just more attacking. Granite Jacker has been a defensive inverted commas player. He should know by now how to. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. He even like those last ditch tackles, right? <laughs> You're like, whoa, Jack. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, mm. he's a it, problem. He's a problem. It's, a, it's a mentality thing. Is you know this isn't going well. I'm not happy. Um, you know, but I'm sure we've all done it on FIFA. If you're losing a game, you just start slide tackling all over the place. That's the <laughs> that's the real life version of of that. Um, but anyway, obviously from there. Um, the game goes from bad to worse. I think City scored their first actually good goal. Um, and then the third goal just before half time. Edison takes his time, dribbles up the pitch essentially, and then picks out a pass, opens it all up. And our defence is like statues in the box as Grealish deals fast one, two, three men and, and gives it to Gabriel Jesus. Um, half time, 3 0. Um, BT Sport pundits tried to slander our 
our fans and say that they're leaving, even though it was just half time and they probably wanted some beers. Um, and then second half, it was. I mean, I don't really know where to go with this, guys. It was just a training exercise, wasn't it? Attack versus defense. Kibbs, our, our possession stats were were pretty pretty appalling in that in uh, that second half. That, it just died throughout. Like that Rodri goal was it's a goal from the training ground. Like you know, one of those tasty goals you score. What yeah. is going on, Leno? Leno. Oh, in defense of Leno, said Omari. Never thought uh, I'd say that, but not uh, finished, no. I, I I'm with Amari on this one. Nah. Right? I, I think I think nothing could be done about that goal. I I applauded that goal. I thought that was the best move nah. Man City put together. Just the amount of passes we couldn't get anywhere near them, and he just Rodri absolutely placed it. Uh, do you know? Uh, what? Just yeah. super finished. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about like the build up to the goal. I truthfully think Leno should be doing better at because Leno. He, what I'm trying to say, basically, right, for a goalkeeper, I know that was probably the best goal of it, but for a goalkeeper or of his supposed quality, he needs to keep you in the game. He needs to keep you in the game with, with saves that he probably shouldn't be able to make, right? And I know the chips are down, but for most part, he just doesn't do that. It just seems like we're just leaking goals. And he's always mm. just looking behind and it's in the net. Yeah, I think yeah. he should be saving that. I'm sorry. I, I, I hear what you mean, but I think that's if he's a big goalkeeper. And I yeah, think that's yeah. So that's yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm just at the point where I'm thinking, hmm, for all his faults, he, this guy he's a decent shot stopper, um, especially in close quarters. But yeah, yeah, I think he should be doing better. Personally, can't be letting Rodri pass the ball in like that. That would never happen for us. I'm telling you, Edison will say that. <laughs> I promise you. I think Edison's. I think Edison's a class above. Uh, obviously, he's a he's a couple of classes above. I, I, Kibbs, I have to, I have to disagree with you on the yeah on that shot. I think it was just perfect, perfect placing outside of the. It started outside of the the post, and curled itself in right. Rodriguez just hit that bang and, on the money for me. And you know, I'm not disagreeing with that. I get what you're saying, but my, I think my point is saying. Sometimes you need, I think Gary Neville's pretty strong with it, but sometimes your goalkeeper, yeah. you expect more from them and they should make saves. The example is De Gea yesterday. De Gea had no right to make that, uh, that no double right. save against uh, Leno. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, you're completely right there. You're completely right there. So, so as if the afternoon couldn't get any worse, City bring Sterling and Myers off the bench. Um, they didn't really do, there was no kind of push to score. I think it seemed like the the back the back three were just trying to, you know, sensibly just trying to keep the scores down. But City did breach again one more time for another short, well, not short, but another small winger to kind of post into the box and win another header. Ferran Torres getting a second goal, making it 5-0 um, to City. Uh, Couple of things just around the match that I thought were of interest. The fans staying behind to cut the team off the pitch, and also sometimes we didn't talk about Arteta kind of patting Xhaka on the back as he as he comes off the pitch following the red card. What did you guys think of those those couple of moments? I, I think I think Arteta has so made it public that his appreciation for Granite Xhaka that he felt that he had to do that because if he didn't do that, the whole scandal about 
you know, him and, you know, granted Jacker, what he, how much he's let us down, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Arteta is trying to, just like he showed like his support for Willian, even though Willian was terrible, that was him showing his support for Xhaka, which, you know, maybe he should have done. Some of us, you know, some of us are saying that Arteta needs to show a bit more of an arm around the players or whatever, but maybe that's the wrong player to do it for, given the amount of times that he's let us down. But, you know, I can understand why he did it, but he shouldn't have He shouldn't have done it. And, yeah, he shouldn't have done it. And, you know, just to, to go back to a couple of things that you said, Amari, the, the fans, the away fans were absolutely amazing. I, I did actually feel some of them did leave um, before, but for me, fair enough, given what they knew was coming. But at the end, for them to clap us, uh, to be there to the end, still singing songs, some of them were some sarcastic songs, but for them to be there still... It was very good. And my last point is, you know, obviously in the group we 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 had a we had a major discussion about Emil Smith Rowe, right? And and how I felt that and I because look, I'm not I'm not gonna shy away from it, how I felt that he, he lost the ball too many times and he showed a bit of a bad attitude in terms of trying to win it back. He is by far not the worst player on that pitch. By far. Smith Rowe has been, like Kib said, probably our best player this season. And we need to build a team around him. I just felt a bit disappointed, maybe in my anger of this whole game about that from him. But there's so many people before him who are like, well, we've the Holdings, the Cedrics, Kalasanachs of this world. There's so many people who are worse than him. So that's just me making sure that. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we, had a, we had a big back and forth on the WhatsApp, <laughs> hundreds of messages um, on, on ESR. Um, I think, yeah, obviously no player is 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 safe from, from criticism, especially when your team loses 5-0 uh, away from home. But, yeah, I felt like he, you know, 20, we're putting too much pressure on this kid already. Probably we um, are. Arteta Probably is already, I mean, well, Arsenal and Arteta are already kind of putting too much on him and Saka and... You know, it's a dangerous environment for them. And we've seen it happen before. Fabregas and, and, and these guys, they, it's a shame that, you know, they're out there. So many experienced players can just perform so poorly. Um, and it, when we look to them. It, it's a shame that Arsenal are routinely becoming a club where they put too much on the shoulders of their young players. Saka was the one who carried us last season. Emil Smith-Rowe already is the one that's carrying us this season, it seems. We had it with Jack Wilshire before. We had it with Fabregas before. We've had it with Ramsey before. Um, so, yeah, it shouldn't be done. I think for my thing about Smith-Rowe yesterday, it's just that obviously with the onslaught that you know that's coming with Man City, I just think we should have done better to hold on to the ball longer before giving it away back to them. That's my That was my thing. But, yeah. Sorry, Kibbs. No, I don't have much to add. Uh, pretty similar. I'd even, like, double down on... on I think Arteta and in terms of protecting his image or his choices, I truly, I truly believe in that now. And with some decisions that he continues to make, but yeah, we've gone, we've gone through that beforehand. So yeah, nothing, nothing much more to add. Yeah, don't worry, uh, listeners. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Arteta properly one day. You know, uh, because I think this guy is, you know, don't worry. Pep said, Pep said, don't worry, guys. I just beat you 5-0, but he's the right man for the job. Obviously, because I get to beat you easily every time I yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we've gone on long enough about a game where Arsenal literally did nothing. 
Um, so um, on that note, we'll um, we'll go to a little break and we'll come back for part two and we'll we'll talk a little bit about Granit Xhaka and, and you know how poor he's been for our club. Uh, we'll be back right after this. back for part two of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. Toes is heading up this debate and the big debate is none other than Granit Xhaka and the other players who we need to draw a line under uh, in this Arsenal team. So uh, a bit of context, obviously Xhaka uh, obtained his 11th uh, red card of his career, his fifth at Arsenal, I believe. Uh, how many times, boys, can one player continually put the club in so much crap and be given another chance, right? So Xhaka, the amount of red cards he's cost us uh, and us, yeah, the amount of times he's cost us with his red cards, the amount of times he's cost us with stupid fouls, the amount of times he's cost us with stupid plays. Um, the thing with Crystal Palace, how many more chances are we as a club going to give this player who I think we should have accepted a bit of any amount above 10 million for him so uh amari you were hosting the part one your thoughts on granite Xhaka and his time at arsenal does this cat have an uh a tenth life or should we should we put it to bed when Xhaka came to arsenal we we finished premier league second uh Fante was available uh from city we decided to go for Xhaka. Uh Chelsea have won the Premier League, FA Cup, Europa League, Champions League. Since then, we've finished eight twice in the last two seasons. But Jacka, Jacka, Jacka may not be the worst player in our squad, but he's really symptomatic of the issues of our club. I, I think he is well can be linked to some of the biggest issues that have cost us, you know, um, whether it be like losing your head at the wrong time. Uh, you know, I, I'll never forgive him for, he conceded that penalty against Brighton, I think, in Emre's first season, which we were winning 1-0 and that, you know, effectively, you know, cost us Champions League qualification. Well, it was part of the thing that cost us Champions League qualification. You know, his red card against Burnley last season, his, you know, the mishap with, uh, again, with Burnley last season. So many other times where he's cost us, like, you know, with with rash challenges. Uh, you know, he just, and he keeps on, all the managers keep seeming to welcome him back, you know, with the exception maybe of Emery. So what? How, why is this player so fundamental to our team, kids? And can't uh, we just get rid of him? Yeah, I think for me, I'm not as down on Jacko as as others can be, but at its best, you you can see why um, he, he starts and 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 why he's selected and why the managers like him. Uh, why? What? Well, I'm gonna yeah. say why, uh, but I'm saying why. You can even start to see it the Euros if the game's at a bit of a slower pace. Um. He, he marshals the midfield quite well. He can he can also like he also got a range range of passing. He's got good passing ability. He's got good heading ability. There's a number of things that make him quite adept in midfield. 
especially with someone else who, who is capable. But what I would say is very clear to see, like you talk about all these patterns of rash challenges and so and so. I don't think he's well suited to this league. And I think because he's so slow, he deliberates on every decision. And you can see that when we need to play things quickly, he, he just slows everything down. He gets tackled and then that's when something rash happens. Uh, it just doesn't seem that he, he's a good fit for where we need to go at the moment. Um, I consider him someone to be who's a part of the old guard. Mm. And once you have someone like Granite Xhaka move on, then you'll start to see a lot of other things happening in terms of us mo trying to move on players who shouldn't be there. But until we've been able to move him on that mentality and that acceptance of what you boys describe as uh, mediocrity or, or even e even something worse than that, it, yeah, it will remain at the club. Um, Amari, don't you think that one of the fundamental problems is Xhaka is considered as one of the leaders of the club? Everything you hear about Granite Xhaka, whether a line that you can draw across his career at Arsenal is that everyone considers him to be a leader in the dressing room and de facto one of the captains, right? Obviously, he was uh, Emery's captain. Um, uh, you know, Arteta wasted no time in like integrating him back into the squad and, you know, putting the captain's armband over him a couple of times last season uh, when Aubameyang wasn't available or, you know, when there had been a substitution. And this season, he started off as a captain against Brentford. So, isn't that one of the fundamental problems is that the team have a leader, an inadequate leader there? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I link, you know, the issues that we've had over that period of time that he's been, you know, at the heart of the field to him. Because it's not just about, you know, his performance on the pitch. It's, it's the way, you know, if that's the leader of our club and who the players in that club want to fall behind, you know, there's no wonder their mentality is we've gone one nil down, therefore we've lost the game. You know, those aren't the kind of leaders you want. You know, that's why the environment just never seems right, in my opinion. I don't think it ever seems right when that's when those are the kind of people that you have as your as your leaders um, in in the squad. Um, I think what I would say is though. Given everything else that we were trying to do this summer, I understand why the feeling was, yeah, let's not move on Xhaka now, because in terms of quality, he's definitely not the main issue in our squad, because we've got two things. Severe issue in terms of quality, as we saw the back three on, on, on Saturday, but then also mentality. And, you know, I think it's it would be difficult to solve all those problems at once, but we just got to know, or the management have to understand that this is going to be, you know, every time, every season, there will be games that this guy will cost you. Yeah, this leopard isn't changing uh, its spots. Uh, Kibbs, I mean, you know, with, with Xhaka again, just the way that he, he, yeah, he he's, he's led us down this path again. And don't you think that, I know that Omari's just said that, you know, maybe he was not the that position and him moving him on maybe was that wasn't the main thing we needed to do this summer. There was a lot of other uh, surgery that needed to be done to the squad. But, you know, Roma came in with a bid for him. He's come off 
his best performance in the Euros. And to be fair, I don't. I think one of the problems with Xhaka is that what we see for him internationally, we don't play him in that way for Arsenal. So internationally, I don't think he's got that much more responsibility, like being like you know defensive part of the midfield. So shouldn't we have accepted any type of bid for him? I mean, this was the height of his of his. Yeah. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, He's still not that old. What is he? Twenty? Is he twenty-eight now? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So, just to go back to to your boy's points about Jacob being a not being a leader, right? But if he's a player who's been seen as a leader at every other club he's been at, including the international team, and probably any other club he goes to. No, what, my what, argument wasn't that he's not a leader. Maybe it's that he's a leader, but. Leaders can lead you into bad directions. Like not every leader is is a good leader. Like in football, we use leader like it's a really good thing, but someone can lead you to nonsense. But, but what I'm saying is, but to to that former point we're talking about, what 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 is other people seeing, other managers seeing, that maybe we're not being able to get out of Shaka, because. Every, every single manager he's had has said the same thing and has been in defence of him. So, as fans, I guess we can only we can only comment on what we see, right? And it, to some, it seems quite obvious what his flaws are, but I think we're missing something. These are professionals. These are like... Do you get, I mean, do you get what I mean? I hear what, what you're saying, missing? but I counter that with, like, even for a football manager, the only thing that should really matter is the 90 minutes on the weekend. Yeah, I think I think for me, like as as great as he can be in training and around the training ground and you know bringing the group together, but if every week you're not doing what I need you to do, then and and if you're constantly leading to big mistakes and you don't learn from that mistake, right? Then surely we've got to move on from him. I take completely your point because obviously some people are seeing that leadership quality in him. From the international managers, from the international manager at Switzerland, to Wenger, to Arteta now, Emery at some point, the players seeing some sort of leadership quality in him. But like Amari said, right, not everyone is a good leader uh, uh, on the pitch, and they don't always influence in the right way. The amount of mistakes that Granit Xhaka has uh, has cost this club, I don't know why people just don't say, right, this guy is just not the guy that we see him at. Maybe he is at the international level, but again, like I say, at international level, he's played in a different way. He's totally played in a different way. And the Bundesliga at Mönchengladbach, maybe because it's a different type of league, but at this at this level, Granit Xhaka is de- it, it's it's terminal for us to give him so and, much influence. And and Toast, that's that that's what exactly what I'm saying. To that point, I'm not so hard on him, but I, I have to agree because I've I've been in defence, Xhaka. I just don't think maybe. I'm not going as far as to say the league's not good for him, but if you have ambitions of a top six, a top four club, and you're trying to play a certain way, and you're trying to move the ball fast, which we're not at the moment, <laughs> but if you are trying to, right, and you have the players to do that, and spring teams on the counter-attack, Xhaka can't be your man. Can't be. Can't I, be. I, I, I agree with that. And, and grievous Sarah's because he, he likes to play. he likes to play things in a very slow way, right? Yeah. Errors leading to goals in the Premier League. He's had nine. Yeah. Um, and for context, Fernandinho, none. Fabinho, none. 
Matic, one. Kante, two. Henderson, one. Jeez, and, and they've all play, they've had long... I mean? Some of those players have had long careers. Long careers. Eric Dyer. I was just thinking of other people who've played CDM before. But Eric Dyer has played CDM centre-back. He's only ever made six errors leading to goals. And he's questionable as well. So, just for context, like, Jack is setting records, doing his own thing. Fair, yeah, that, that, that's as far as going. Like, he's not a good fit. About us not... About us taking anything for Xhaka, well, we may have to now, but because we gave him a contract extension, you'd think <laughs> he's worth more. You'd think he's worth more than twelve million. There, I think that's pretty disrespectful to offer twelve million for Xhaka after off the back of a positive Euros to pay. I, I know they're different players, different profiles. Young player like Tammy Abraham, you know, you can accept that, but come on, they were acting like they didn't have any. They didn't have any money. Arsenal exposed to disrespect, though. That's what I'm saying. We had to. We're exposed to disrespect, so I'm happy that we didn't take that. I don't. Yeah, you know, you know, it's uh, you know, the other podcasts have been saying how Arsenal. It's true. Like, and I think you guys are alluding to this. How over the last couple of windows, we've been seen as you know an easy, an easy target in terms of like our need to offload players and us accepting something that's below their market value. But I just think that the the market detected the value with Xhaka. With I think it was an opportune moment. He's, he had a year to run on his contract. He wanted a new challenge. We probably needed a new type of midfielder in there. That money could have been reinvested to go and get Yves Basuma, which is going to be, if he leaves, if he goes to Liverpool, which it's unlikely now. But if we want to play some sort of counter-press football, that's the, that's the preeminent midfielder who can you saw what his he his goal that uh, the goal that he co- uh, created for Mope at the beginning of the season. But Basuma does that; he's an absolute destroyer. The amount of times he's played against us, and we've just been like, "This guy is a is a freak of nature." That's where our we need to be more dynamic in our midfield. A player like that or him is where we should have been looking at. And I just think if we took twelve million or yeah. sixteen million or whatever it was for Xhaka, we could have. Yeah. We invested that towards that type of player. Hundred percent. So, but if if I'm being real, uh, we can get all those type of players we want, likes of Basuma. But if they still need some form of coaching, they're not at the pinnacle of their career, um, and 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 we're in the state that we're in, they they will just they my will only, they will fall into the shadows. <laughs> they won't only, be the players they're supposed to my be. My only count, my only counter to that, Kibbs, is that Jacker has proven that he will he can't. He won't change his his uh, character. Yeah, uh, I think I need, Basuma. Yeah. I think Basuma. You know, he's gonna. He's coming up from Brighton. He's gonna want to challenge. He's gonna want to show. Yeah. Show that he. You know, he's got something to prove. Jack uh, is very comfortable at Arsenal. I'm. I'm not talking about Jacka. That can go. But I'm talking about even with new signings, they're likely to be a byproduct of 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 what's going on at Arsenal. We we need a vision, we need a clear vision, we need them to be coached properly, especially these young sort of players, right? As I was saying, who's, who are not quite there, they're not They're not the finished article. Yeah, like, in 15 games' time, we're going to start seeing some wild errors from Lukonga. Don't Mar- worry about it, guys. So he'll, you catch what saying, he'll catch whatever's going around that, that club, the complacency, the the lack of expectation, and he'll yeah. his game will suffer. That's uh, that's what you're going for, right, Kibbs? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. You bring a Ronaldo in, 
then that's a change of culture. Man will get onto the manager and he won't be able to say nothing. Yeah. But we can't, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We can't, we're not, we, we're not able to track those sort of players for good reason. I get, I get, I, I completely get what you're saying in terms of, yeah, because it, it's seemingly the case that anyone who comes to Arsenal, they catch that mediocrity bug, shall we say. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just think Basuma would have been the more of the direction we needed and him and a party partnership. Anyway, that's not going to happen. So let's, let's, uh, to round this off, right? It wasn't, it was, Xhaka is the main, is the king of capitulations. Which other players do we need to draw a line under? Well, my opinion, because I know Kibbs respects him a bit, but um, <laughs> which other players do we need to draw a line underneath? We've got uh, the other August criminals of Rob Holding, Kalasinac, uh, Cedric Suarez, Pablo Mari, maybe Callum Chambers. Uh, Hector Bellerin hasn't even featured, so I, but I'm just throwing him in there. Who else do we need to kind of like draw a line underneath, guys, uh, and just say they need to go? In this, in this, in what we have in the window left, potentially. It's, it's, there's just so, it's so many. There's so like everyone you name just then is is not of a level, and the, and and the problem is, like, why is why is Cedric on on a four year contract? Like, I actually don't understand like why we did that. Um, but he's someone that he can't really be playing for Arsenal. Um, holding in Chambers as as like nice guys as they seem, like, I can't believe that holding Chambers has been with Arsenal for seven years, um, and yeah, that that can't be continuing. But then again, you look at Man United, look how long it took them to get rid of or move on. Smalling, Phil Jones is still sitting there, you know. So it's it's not easy, but I, why are they yeah starting? Why is holding you know? still like at the heart of our defense you know you know you know guys right and this is a this is something that I was, I was supposed to maybe mention in the in the city um talk in part one but you look at our defense right is William Saliba really not worth a try amongst that it, it just it's astounding to me uh that William Saliba has not been given any Premier League minutes yet we are resorting to Kalasinac in the defence, we are resorting to Callum Chambers and Rob Holding. Surely this guy should have been given that experience in the Premier League. If he fails, we understand he's 18 years old, he's come from a new league or whatever, but it's all a learning curve. Surely, surely he would have been better than than this. Toast, I feel like I'm making presumptions about Arteta, but I just think something that you said earlier, and you kind of pointed out about how he's perceived or or how he, the the plays he likes are are perceived. Yeah. I, I think he's new to the game, he's a manager, but I just think he's a manager who, who thinks he, he must command respect, you get what I mean? A bit of a disciplinarian, um, but he doesn't have the track records or success to be doing some of the things that he's done. That's a major, major mistake. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. But yeah, you're right. Well, even if he's not, um, you know, what you're expecting to see in training, it does not matter when you have the likes of, you know, you just list them all off. The likes of these players playing week in, week out, and you haven't even given this guy a chance, not even one game. And you shipped him out and he's playing good. Again, I just think those are the type of things that are terminal, man. You don't survive. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Saliba's coming back. Amari, do you do you think he's coming back? Uh, Under Arteta, at least, I don't think he's got a future in the club. If Arteta's still the manager, I think he's going to want out, and that's going to be an utter waste of money. uh, If I was him, if I was Saliba, I wouldn't even like Arsenal. I wouldn't want to play for them again. You know, he'll have two years left at the end of this loan, and it will be you know that awkward decision time of. You know, sell or sell or extend, and I don't see how anyone could convince him to sign a new contract at the club. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's done for. But I completely agree. There's no reason for him not to have been given a chance. Um, I think it just speaks to Arteta's strange man management. Uh, yeah, I think I and it's it's hard because you know just to round this part off, unless you guys want to say something else more. I mean, I, I again, I like what Arteta came in. With I like his principles, his principles when he came in. I wanted Arsenal to have a bit more of a disciplinarian manager, so you know I'm not I'm not going to shy away from that. But I just think that there needs to be he needs to be adaptable. You know he can't. There's some players that just need that arm around them, and I don't think Arteta, Arteta has shown that too much to the wrong players, the Williams of this world, who last season didn't deserve as much. Um, love as he was getting from the manager. The Jackers, in my opinion, this world. Nicolas Pepe was completely almost frozen out last season after his mistake against Leeds. Um, some other players, uh, you know, which other players this season? Uh, you know, players like Kieran Tierney, he's got a good relationship with him. Bert Leno, he's still giving him the arm around the shoulder. We didn't have a good backup keeper last season anyway, so I suppose, but... Yeah, the manager's not consistent in that. In that, yeah. yeah. Okay, just just uh, can't reconstruct or reconfigure your question. I don't put this person in the same sort of category, but I think he, he does need to go. Um, is is Ainsley Maitland-Niles one for the sake of his career as well, and and yeah. and and two getting some form of value because he's clearly uh, he's clearly not seen as a viable option. <laughs> in any sense, at right back at the moment, or even in the midfield or wherever he wants to play. Um, and I, I just see something, I don't know if it's real or not, but it seems that like he wants to go <laughs> and he wants to play football. Uh, yeah, think, so, yeah, that'd be the yeah, last thing for me. Yeah, yeah, I think we can discuss that more in part three with you, Kibbs, in terms of um, any uh, any business in the window. But yeah, I agree with you. I feel sorry for him, but his career, he probably should move off. But that's another player in which the manager didn't really give much love to uh, last season, especially, but let's uh, let, let's let's move on to part three, uh, listeners. So we'll be back after this. Uh, we'll a bit, we'll have a bit more transfer talk uh, in terms of what we could do with the window closing, and then we'll round off with high five and throw a pie. So we'll be back right after this. Hello, listeners. This is Toes from the Temperamental Gunas podcast. Thanks for listening and uh, supporting us in season one. We want to hear a lot more from you this season. So please follow us on Twitter at TPGuna. You can also find us on Instagram at TemperamentalGunas. And of course, you can send us emails with your questions at TPGuna at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. back for part three uh so in this last part we're just gonna have a look at uh transfers 
ins and outs, um, and then we'll play high five and throw a pie, and we will turn back to Amari to hear who the player is. I, I think I know who it is already, so I think that'll be a good win for me. Um, but boys, we, we've kind of touched upon the weaknesses in the squads, but we've also touched upon of touched upon the players that we think that need to go. Um, and with the transfer window, end of the transfer window looming, uh, we just have like yeah, a brief discussion about some of the plays or the fringe plays we may be able to offload. Because even 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 with the injuries and the, and <laughs> and the state of our performances, you still feel that we have too many players can cut down. Yeah, I mean, Kalasinat shouldn't have been on the pitch on Saturday. He should have been somewhere trying to work out with his injury where they where they're gonna go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of can't see past the Ainsley mate in Niles tweet. That's really, or posting his Insta, that's really sad. Like, I mean, I don't get why Arteta is intent on keeping him around when he doesn't use him ever. Yeah, so might as well let the guy go. Um, it all goes back to that. I think it was like Palace at home last season where he played pretty poorly. Got hooked at like 50th to 60th minute, and then he's he's barely played um, for Arsenal since then. So I don't know why he won't just let him go. Yeah, yeah. Toast, how do you how do you feel about um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles? Do you think it's an issue of evaluation because we know teams are interested in him? He's, he's a versatile player. Yeah, I think it's something we alluded to uh, in part two about how we don't Arsenal don't want to be taken for mugs, so they're probably holding out for for a higher sort of like price for him. But I think you know I just feel sorry for the guy. I feel sorry for the sake of his career. I think he needs to move. He obviously wants to play in central midfield. I don't think Arsenal are going to give him that opportunity. I think Arsenal should do that. Should have done more to convince him that he could be a viable. Uh, right back uh, or right wing back rather but we haven't been able to convince him or if they're going to play him central midfield they just need to tell him look Ainsley if you're going to play in that position you've just got to be a bit more secure on the ball I think that's the problem with Ainsley he's a bit too much of a cool customer in central midfield but let's the main thing is he showed his ability on out wide but fundamentally the boy needs to play football if they're not going to play him they should let him go get as much money as they can from him and just let him allow him to have a good career because it's not nice for an Arsenal boy to be, you know, posting that on his Instagram. Just especially when he says, you know, where he wants, where he feels wanted, right? That's what hurts the most in terms of that. Obviously, it's it's been it's he's not feeling that love from from the manager or the club. Um, uh, and yeah, he he needs to ideally go with us getting a good price for him. But you know, if we get anything between. I don't know if we could get anything between from 15 to 15 to 17 million pounds. I don't think that would represent a bad, uh, a bad deal for him, to be honest. Um, and yeah, that's what I think. 
So, so boys, just yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, it's sad to see that with Ainsley, we could see it coming, and you would have thought that he, he you know, he would have got his move by now. Um, but that's just the way it goes. One <laughs> thing on Ainsley is with David Ornstein just uh, tweeted that apparently Maitland-Niles has stated from the start of this season he'd like to play solely as a fullback because it's the position he was selected for England. And he has never asked during this current campaign to operate in midfield. So I mean, if he wants to play at fullback, well, yeah. obviously play him up. I mean, I mean, who knows how true that is, but it's just, that's definitely not what I thought would have been the problem. Yeah, yeah. you can never know, right? So many different reports of things, but yeah, if if that that is the case, um, then yeah, more more questions in in terms of man management and consistency of decision making. But yeah, that's uh, that's 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 strange. That's very strange. But uh, talk, uh, going going to no, I was just gonna say another player who's in this boat is you know comes to mind is Eddie Nketiah. So I think we he needs to go for the sake of his career, and we need to get he's not going to play, um, and I don't think he's good enough at Arsenal. He's some player that I think is is definitely not the level. Same as Reese Nelson. Those two players, they need to go. Um, whether it be on... Lo- Eddie, I think we should get some money for. Nelson, maybe we can accept a loan with an option to buy or whatever. So those are just some other players. Apart from the usual suspects of Kolasinac and ideally, uh, if someone wants to... This is what I think, right? Why has Arteta played Kolasinac and Cedric Suarez? recently that's just sabotaging their ability to move because they're so rubbish and they've just underlined how rubbish they are so no one's going to buy them now when he should have not just played them and maybe we could got a cheeky uh i don't know five seven ten million pound uh offer for those guys Let, let's, let's, let's be real though cedric was never going well uh, we'll yeah, see if he cedric, does go far though yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was going to mention um, Reese Nelson and uh, Eddie and Katya. Um, Omari, do you would you just be happy for them to to leave and get some experience, even alone, or do you think we we should capitalise and 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 try and get some money for 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 these guys in this transfer window? Seems like um, Nketi is not going anywhere either because things fell, fell through with Palace. But um, yeah, I think, you know, if we can't get deals for them to actually go permanently, I think loaning them out is, is a good idea. But I think the problem with Nketi is that he's only got one year left. And so if you loan him out, then next summer, you're probably not going to get anything for him. I think, I don't even know if you're actually able to when they've got you know the time of their loan would be the end of their contract do you know what I mean so um I don't know the, I don't know what the rules would be there but um it's all just very strange this classic kind of squad mismanagement that we've seen a few years with with, with Arsenal so um, so, so with Eddie if, if true we're off the 25 million or around that that mark for for Eddie or the, was it from West Ham? When was that last year? Last year. Yeah, I don't know whether it was twenty five million, but I, twenty I twenty to twenty around that region. Involved. 
Okay. Yeah. The thing is, that was rejected, but he never played. And it doesn't look like he's anywhere near Arteta's plans at the moment. So. And another striker in that camp, we saw his first performance against Brentford. I think a lot of us were being very hopeful and expecting to see a more, more, more complete performance. Um, but off the back of that, we, we know he's a very talented player. Um, we would have thought that he'd be given opportunities this year, but who knows what's going to happen. We could be out of the cuts before we know it. Um, so... Do you think there's any option, viable option, to loan out with Balogun to give him some game time to get him prepared? I, I, I think... think so, I think for him, I think what I'd like personally for him is to be in and around the squad up until January. I think January, then maybe we could loan him out because by January, maybe we're still in the League Cup he certainly should be the one leading the line in the League Cup. So if we're still in that competition when it comes to January, which we should be, actually, um, or you know, or just for him to have that further experience with the squad and maybe get some Premier League minutes and then for him to have, between January and the end of the season, loan to a, a club, maybe in the Premier League or in the Championship or wherever, I think that would do him better, I think. Um, because I don't... Martinelli is going to be a good option for us, but I, I'd like to see ba- Balogun in and around the squad more. And I, yeah, if if I, I just want him to be in and around in case we get another injury or something like that. But certainly, um, he he should get a loan from me from January onwards. I think. Okay, Omari. Uh, yeah, I think. Minutes are going to be hard to come by, especially when the League Cup is going to actually be quite important. Uh, I hope he'll play against Wimbledon in the next round, but um, yeah, we don't have many games, especially now that every point in the Premier League is is going to be you know a desperate scrap. Um, so yeah, if we can get a loan for him, I think it'd be good. Well, well, chaps, <laughs> let's see what happens, and up until the end of the transfer window. Just to like end this part, do you think? Well, actually, we we haven't spoken about William. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about William, so let's make, let's have a quick um, quick mention of William. Uh, if if, if reports he... are correct, he's going to Corinthians and he's willing to take a pay cut. If, if he's willing to do that uh, and rip up his contract, and you know. <laughs> and so respect to him um, in that sect, but in that respect, but you know, a, an absolute shambles of a of a player at, at Arsenal. Um, yes, yeah. There's nothing more to say. The the quicker he leaves, and he we don't have that his wages on the budget, the better. Okay, so. willing to get a high five potentially. He's <laughs> It's yeah, good. that's a good shout, actually, given the, what atrociousness we saw uh, yeah. <laughs> this week. Yeah. So just quickly to end it, boys, do you think there's any potential for us to close in on some deals to bring some reinforcements in for the end of the season? You know how it is with us. You, you hear something different every week. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing I do know is Arsenal can't get a deal done in, you know, 
double quick time. So if we haven't heard about the player already, I don't think we're going to be signing them. Um, right back is so needed. Like we desperately need a right back. We haven't talked about Hector. We haven't talked about Hector leaving. He needs to. He needs to go because he's. Yeah, he needs to go. If he's not in the manager's plans, and he needs to go quickly. Do, do you know it's gone so quiet on Hector? You just get the feeling that he's. He's going to be around about, yeah. Yeah. Options seem limited for him. Yeah. He's 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 not the player he was. and It's difficult. There's probably a mismatch in terms of his expectations and the clubs that would be, you know, thinking that, that he's actually worth a punt. So. Yeah, and then off those teams, maybe are the borderline of that. They have some ambition. I just think his wages would be substantial. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, okay, so I think, boys, let's 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 go over to High Five Throw Pie, and then we'll just have a good, just quick look at that Norwich game, and then and then Amari can end it or and end it on a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, can I start? No, I'm joking. I'm not going to start myself. I want to hear what you two say first. So, Amari. High five, high five and for, yeah, for a pie. Who are you going to go for first? Who are you going to high five? Do you know who I'm going to high five? Um, Anne Ramsdale. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't be high fiving anyone that featured in that Mercy game. That is so loud. And, and uh, because of that, I then need to high-five someone that played in the West Bromwich Albion game. Uh, and given that most people that played in the City game played in the West Bromwich Albion game, it's only Ramsdale that is almost a bit clean. I just think, you know, it's a clean sheet. Seems like a nice dude. Um, that's about as low as we are at the moment. I can high-five someone because he seems like a nice person. Uh, Pi. I, I think I'm three weeks in three. I'm going for Arteta again, you know. I could go for Xhaka, but Arteta is exposing himself, the team, to all sorts. So, yeah, Arteta, you get it again, man. Yeah, no, respect. Respect to you on that. Toes. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I, just... I, I, I think mine's a bit... Uh, pie is a bit obvious. It's Granite Xhaka. Um, again, for putting the club in that position, putting his teammates in that position. And, you know, he should, you know, he hasn't come out and apologised or anything like that. That's the thing now, Granite Jack is, he got away with that Crystal Palace thing. He didn't apologise to the fans. He put out his own, like, counter-statement or whatever. Um, he didn't directly apologise. And since the club never made him apologise properly, he thinks that he can do whatever he wants and, you know, and then he'll come out and do his usual thing of saying, yeah, you know, the play, yeah, the media will talk, but you give us all the ammunition. So he's getting my pie, Granite Jacket. He deserves it. Uh, and I, it's not even a pie that, you know, it's just like, oh, you, you lob it in his face. This is a proper Krusty the Clown smash pie into his face. From whoa, me. whoa, you can't use sorry, it. Krusty sorry. The Clown, Krusty the Clown is uh, Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, so he gets the, he gets the pie. High five. Um, it's only, only because um, I liked what he did at the end of the match, even though he's had a bit of dodgy performances himself this season. But 
I like the way how Kieran Tierney was insistent that all of the players go to the away fans and apologize to them, you know, with that kind of look and, you know, make sure that we were there, that the players were there to clap them. Uh, shame on Laka and Oba for not being there at that point. I know that they did probably clap the fans, but they should have stayed longer. And maybe props a bit to Oba for being fronting for once after uh, a devastating result to come up and face the screens. But still, um, Chiantini gets it for me, uh, the high five, just for that. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep quick. Shakar, you getting a pie. You're getting a pie abysmal. Um, yeah, just it could have been Pepe, but just about senior pros in and amongst young, talented players not taking the leads and being counted for either that was that was Shakar like throwing up your arms again as, to suggest that it is you know there's no it never seems to be his fault that's what I could say yeah um that's why I'm so disappointed yeah he's just he's blameless and he, he needs to realize he needs to fix up actually maybe he just needs time out of the team as soon as party's back, maybe that 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 should be it for him. The best thing he's done is that he's now got a three match ban, so in my eyes, so yeah. So yeah, so uh, I'm gonna high five none of the players, no one directly associated with Arsenal Football Club in the sense wow. of management or players or exec. I'm gonna high five uh, the fans. Um That's a good shout. Because what else does Arsenal have? without his fans you know so yeah just to all the fans keep on doing what you're doing and going home and away to games but also putting the pressure on because you can't excuse these performances gotta speak your mind yeah and be heard so yeah so, yeah that's it that's it for mine uh yeah let's just uh, have a quick look at norwich <laughs> uh Minus nine goal yeah. difference in the trenches with I us mean, at the bottom, bottom of the table. table clash. <laughs> Norwich v Arsenal. <laughs> Did you just Classic say that? relegation? You just said bottom of the table clash. My it is. It is. I mean, where are they? They are. They're, they're just ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, look, on a real, you know, I'm not even. That's a. That's got to be a win, and it's got to look convincing. Otherwise, Arteta's really, you know, he's sitting on borrowed time because he's got two games to get the team's form right before we go against Spurs. That's, you know, those, these are the only ways that he can stop himself getting sat by the time we get to November. Um, really have to pick up the points now. Uh, yeah, I think the, the important thing that Amari just said there is like, it's the the manner of how we play in that one. We've got it goes out saying we've got to win, but we've got to win convincingly uh, to give the fans a bit of hope going forward this season and to get our confidence levels up. Because who have we got after we we got like Burnley away and then and then Tottenham after that or something like that, or is it other way around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but we've got thing we've got Wimbledon in between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we've got to have a we've got to win. And it's got to be a convincing win to take the fans, to give the fans belief. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm not much sad from you from that. It's a must win. 
always is a must win at the moment. But yeah, we need to be convincing, and it's a good game for us to uh, just yeah get a goal. That's what I'll keep and come back to. We need to score. <laughs> um, okay, Amari, do you want to end us? Who's it gonna be? Yeah, who's it gonna, who's it gonna be? be? Who's it gonna be? Okay, let me give you let me give the clues one more time. Um, so this player scored the last time we beat Man City away in the league. Yeah, this time at Arsenal, he played with Alex Oxley Chamberlain, Brandon Shackler, and Jack Wilshere, and he could most recently be seen playing in Qatar. And that player is. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I go first? Yeah. You go for it. You go for it, kids. I think. I think that the, your your. Uh enthusiasm to to get ahead of this one is giving it away now before i thought it was one player but now i think i'm convinced yeah you know you go for it go for it oh the two-foot magician it's called be sunny kazola it's sunny kazola it is sunny kazola i feel like that was a nice easy one this week yeah we were tripping over ourselves last week so yeah after after yossi benayin last week so that gives you that gives you guys a foothold in the game (laughs) we'll see where we go we'll see where we go next week well done, Omar. I think I think that was generous of you, given the the difficulties we've had this weekend. I think it was generous of you to give us a, a good one like that. Uh, at one point, I thought it was Olivier Giroud, but I think the Qatar. Uh, yes, yes, he was the other played school. That it's day. only a two nil. Yeah, the famous, the famous two nil that the players celebrated with selfies in the changing room because Wenger had finally learned how to not get battered away from home. Uh, talking yeah. about Wenger, like okay. <laughs> uh, no, but that's what everyone was saying. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Wenger's fine." Decided, you know, we'll be reactive, we won't be proactive. Like blah blah. blah. Yeah, what? Notwithstanding that, we still then went on to get beaten quite heavily, often, and you know, ten years this weekend since the eight two guys. <laughs> yeah, it was fitting. It was fitting then in this way. Well. Yeah. I suppose that's it, boys. Uh, we may do a, another pod. Uh, it's the international lull, international week, so we may have a special pod next Monday. Uh, we may not. We'll just see how it goes. But either way, uh, we hope for the best for that Norwich game on September 11th, I think. Is it? Around about then? Yeah, Must sounds be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's a bye from me, boys. Yeah, bye from me too. Take care. Yeah, catch you next week or the following. Take care, boys. Peace.